RadioInfluence.com You are in the trenches with former Buccaneers offensive lineman Ian Beckles on Radio Influence. Hello everybody, this is Ian Beckles and welcome back to In the Trenches. Training camp is right around the corner, I believe next Friday it starts up and uh, we're going to be present at the Ron and Ian show at training camp, so um, like, well, let's hope that the uh, the fans are ready because it is hot outside, people. I can't imagine putting football equipment on and going out in that. I was standing in it yesterday and uh, I'd like to pass out, so good luck to the fellas for getting that done. Now, you know, we're hoping the best for our beloved Buccaneers this year. Um, whether you're optimistic, pessimistic, every year you wipe the slates clean. So as of right now, everybody can make it to the playoffs. So we're hoping for the best. Now, it doesn't help when you have some of your starters or a starter get suspended for four games for PEDs. Ryan Smith got suspended. Uh, we were not that deep at defensive back to begin with. So when you take away one of your starters and you inject a, a, a you know, a backup player, and then the starter has to split time in training camp, and then the starter comes back into week five and is out of shape. It really messes everything up, to be honest with you. And by week four, five, you could be out of some things. Um, this is a Buccaneer team that's going to be young, have to gradually get better throughout the year. This this Buccaneers team is not coming out of the gates beating people up. I, I don't see it, okay? I've been wrong before. But like I said, losing... You know, starting players is not a good thing. And it seems like the Buccaneers, it's becoming a trend a little bit. It doesn't seem like a lot, but some teams don't get any suspensions. It doesn't seem like. You know, the Buccaneers, they had Ryan Smith, Jameis last year. I know Quan was suspended a few years ago. Every year it seems like somebody's suspended. And I don't know if that's really um, something you want to put on the individuals or put on the organization, but um, it seems to be a, to becoming a trend. And hopefully that ends here pretty soon. And we'll see if that loss of Ryan Smith in the first four weeks hurts the Buccaneers or not. Now, everybody knows now it's not about, you know, when you get drafted in the first round in the NFL, you know, your agents really, you almost don't need an agent. You're slotted to make a certain amount of money. And the Buccaneers have not signed Devin Devin White yet, okay? So that is on Jason Light. I mean, we know how much to the penny he's supposed to get, all right? So if you don't get him signed by now, that's on you. You have to figure some things out. And unfortunately for the Bucks, the way that Jason Light has mismanaged money throughout the years and the organization in general, um, they have to figure out some innovative ways to free up some money to, you know, sign our number one pick. That's not a good look, okay? And what happens is you might have to mess around and give away a good player, because you have to alleviate some real money. There's not a lot of players out there that are, I guess, expendable that are making real money. The one that comes to mind all the time for me is Cameron Braid. You know, for a backup tight end who last year was supposed to have a great season and had a mediocre at best season, um, making over $7 million a year, that's a lot for a backup tight end, especially since O.J. Howard's supposed to be the man. So that can be a trade situation Melvin Gordon is a name that came up um, with the Chargers. He wants out because they're not giving him a long-term contract. I think he would look wonderful in Buccaneer colors. The only problem is um, it's not his salary that's scary. He wants a long-term contract. I'm not sure the Buccaneers can get that done now. I don't know. They might be able to. 
I don't know what your salary cap situation next year is going to look like. But it'd be nice to bring in some talent here. It'd be nice to sign our first-round draft pick as well, okay? So I, you know, if anybody ever wants to email me, it's ianbeckles at radioinfluence.com. And I got a few different emails. And what's real cool is um, I got one from Germany and got one from Texas as well. So the one I got from Germany, uh, Hagen Wilhelm. That's very, very German. Uh, he was talking about Levante David being one of the most tradable Buccaneers. Never thought about that, but that is not the craziest thing I've heard. Now, Levante David, although is a, is a very good football player, with this whole new Bulls defense 3-4, if it's a regular 3-4 I'm talking about, I'm not sure where Levante David is going to fit in. I'm really not. Once again, Levante David is still a very good football player in the NFL. You'd hate to waste him. Okay, You'd hate to waste uh, a, a top-notch 4-3 defender in a 3-4 defense where he's lost. So that's something that's very possible as well. Maybe Jason Light, we don't know. Maybe Jason Light is you know, conjuring up some kind of a last-second crazy trade to trade a couple players and you know, bring in a first-rounder, but I don't know if I have a lot of faith. I don't know if I have a lot of faith on the way things have gone in the past. I had a couple other emails, one from Brent Walters, once again from Texas, and uh, basically talking about uh, Nick Perkins, talking about the offensive line and what I think of it. Um, listen, I don't know how good our coaching has been in the last little while. And definitely there's been players out of place and assist, nobody really knew what we were trying to get accomplished. Hopefully the mindset comes in here a little different that we're a running team and here we go, we're running the ball downhill. But we had the same players we had last year and almost the year before. So I just what scares me is I just don't know what we're trying to get accomplished yet. Are we a finesse running team? Are we a downhill running team? I don't think we could be a downhill running team. I don't think we're physical enough. So that question to me, uh, next Friday and going on through the weeks where I'm there at training camp, watching them a little bit more, and it's really hard to evaluate any position in training camp because you're playing against yourself. So if your offensive line is balling, then maybe your defensive line sucks and vice versa. So it's really hard to really evaluate. And we had also this uh, young man from the author of Jameis One of One, uh, I guess is coming out with a book, and he says uh, I should interview him when the book comes out. I, will, I, I would gladly do that. Uh, definitely keep in contact, and uh, I don't know what the book's going to be about, but we'll definitely find out. Now, uh, Roger Goodell, who, if he was on fire, would not urinate on him. Uh, Roger Goodell now is talking about 18 games. The CBA is coming up here soon. There ain't no gosh darn way that the players are going to agree to an 18-game season. They're not, okay? Why? Why? We, none of this stuff makes any sense. To have an 18-game season and have players have a quota of 16 games, you are diluting the game. and You're changing the game. Stop. What good would it do to have your best players sitting on the bench watching your team participate? What's the most important game? The second game, 14th game, 18th game? It's dumb. None of it makes any damn sense. So, you know, I don't know what they're trying to get accomplished. Well, no, no, I'm sorry. I know exactly what they're getting accomplished. They're making money. You get 18 games, you get two more full games, you make a whole lot more money, a lot more beers, a lot more, you know, merchandise, blah, blah, blah. Money for Roger Goodell and all the billionaires. Congratulations. Don't really give a crap about the players too much. You know, it's, it's the players are the ones that are getting messed up later in life. 
You're seeing Ken Stabler, who now can't speak and have all kind of situations in the NFL, is not helping him out. Congratulations. We have 32 billionaires watching former players deteriorating and won't put a nickel out there to help them. Congratulations. But we're going to add two more games. So I guess you guys think it's okay uh, for viewership. And as a former player, I, I like to think about it on both sides, the viewership side and the player side. And there's not going to be one player that wants to play 18 games. Not one. So we'll see how that whole thing turns out. I have a bad feeling about the CBA this this time around. I mean, there might be a work stoppage. I think that's definitely a possibility. But our Buccaneers, once again, are getting on the football field next Friday in that darn heat. They do have an indoor facility now. But unfortunately, heat doesn't drive the inside. Okay, Because on Sundays and Mondays and Thursdays, you got to play in that damn heat. So you got to get yourself used to it one way or another. Once again, if anybody wants to get in contact with me, it's Ian Beckles at RadioInfluence.com. And uh, we'll just continue to keep, talk football. Buccaneers are right around the corner, so that's getting exciting. So once again, we're going to have a whole lot more to talk about injuries and what we see out there. And uh, it's getting close, so I'm getting excited. And I miss football on Sunday, that's for sure. Everybody have a wonderful week, and uh, we'll be back next week. And that'll be football week, and that's exciting. Have a wonderful week. Peace out. You have been in the trenches with Ian Beckles on Radio Influence. This is a sitting ringside with David Penzer quick fix on Radio Influence. Just checked out the AEW show uh, this past weekend, the uh, Fight for the Fallen. I thought the matches were way too long for the most part. It's cool to have some long matches to build up a, a, you know, a story, but um, I thought that all of them were a little bit too long. Not that all of them, but combined. I think it was like a four-and-a-half-hour show. Sometimes less is more, but um, I thought the matches were fine. The matches were good. The production was fine. I thought my old buddy Alex Marvez did a much better job. Production was great. They're, they're, you know, I understand they're slowly having to tell stories because they have a, a few major events uh, before their TV kicks off. Speaking of TV kicking off, the one thing that I hope, and I'm going to give them a pass on this, is that once TV kicks off, we get to know... The, 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 the talent. We get to know the stories behind some of the wrestlers, the stories behind the angles. For example, you know, what's a Luchasaurus? Uh, how did he become friends with Jungle Boy and what's their connection? Because I, I find them entertaining. Why is Brandy Rhodes the head of the women's division? Why did she just turn heel? And is that going to cause any friction with her husband? Uh, is it going to cause any friction in the office with the other VPs? You know, that's the kind of stuff that they haven't dived into enough quite yet. And I'm hoping they're saving that for, for television. Sitting ringside with David Penzer can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.